think he said our mics are live, Max. Uh, did he? I'm going to start talking. All right. Crazy not to. Uh, good evening. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the uh, intro episode. We are having fun. And uh, there we are. Hello. That's why this is the intro episode. Exactly. That's what this is for. So we're, hey, we're having fun. Welcome to the basement of the bunker here. We are at the uh, Rod Peterson Show Studio Bunker. But we are in the basement uh, for the uh, introduction episode of the Squadcast. Welcome to the show, Max. How are you doing tonight? Fantastic, Clark. How about yourself? Get to talk spart- sports on a Wednesday. Yeah, doing pretty good. Uh, Going to be a, a fun night here as we get off the ground. Again, we are just kind of testing everything out. So if you see some things going on, that's what's going on. We're testing it. It's, <laughs> our regular shows uh, will not be Wednesday nights. We were just using this as a chance to kind of get us off the ground and kind of get some uh, experience under our belts in terms of what we want to fix and stuff for our launch episode on Monday night. So uh, please comment in. We want to hear from you. Uh, we're going to be taking some hot takes throughout the night and uh, going all, all throughout sports. Jordan is uh, really speech jamming me by keeping his microphone open. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> I'm going to call Jordan out directly during the show. I think you guys know, if you watch the Rod Peterson show, you definitely know that we have a lot of fun on that show. And me and Jordan have an interesting relationship. So throughout the night, <laughs> throughout the night, I'm going to be bugging Jordan in the back for sure. We have Kayla in the back as well. Me and Max are out here. So again, we're going to have some fun. We're going to get going here. Um, so again, this is the squad cast. This is uh, under the Rod Peterson show umbrella, you'd probably say. Um, but we're definitely going to take a little bit of a different spin. So if you're used to kind of how Rod does things, it's going to be very similar. We're going to be very interactive with our guests, but we're just going to take a different look at stuff and uh, play around. So um, Max, I guess I'll throw to you here uh, and let you talk for a change. Uh, why? What are we doing here? What is this show? Why are we doing it? And kind of how did it get started? We just had a fantastic idea to put it point blankly no you know what there's been a (laughs) lot of i guess work leading up to this program here a lot of kind of behind the scenes efforts uh, since i joined the squad uh as a summer student this uh i guess over what six to eight weeks feels like it feels like it's been yeah it feels like it's been longer but i think covid does that to everybody in a good way though of all the good ways of all the good things to come out of 2020 you know but at the end of the day we had a fantastic idea of hey we've got some really good people here to work with we've got director jordan spielberg uh we've got uh, not tonight no 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 (laughs) Not tonight, but hey, Jordan Jordan T-Bar Blodgett, according to what he just told me in my ear. (laughs) Anyways, we got Jordan in the chair. We got some really good resources at our disposal, and we said, we've got the technology. Why not? And I've also got a good friend here yourself clark monroe i mean you're the producer of the rod peterson show but yeah. i was like uh he doesn't seem to be doing much else other than that he could probably work in a show to his schedule hey? yeah yeah like i don't have much <laughs> going on and we'll get we'll uh we'll kind of get into who we are and and kind of a bit of a more of our background in just a minute but max um can you just talk about now like what the show is what we're aiming to do and kind of what we're going to be doing on a nightly basis on a sort of weekly basis i should say but what, what's the show going to be like 100 percent, guys we're going beyond the box score with everything you know what when it comes to trades free agent signings breaking news rumors whatever it may be with some local guests with some national level guests we've got a lot of really good things down the pike for you guys and just maybe a little bit of a like clark said different spin on things that you maybe get from your regular programming on the rp show we're super super happy to have the audience that we have and like i said we've got a lot of great resources at our disposal to put on a fantastic show for you the squad and definitely like max said we're gonna have a great audience and send in your comments please 
Let's fill up the comments section. Send us what you're thinking about sports right now. Any hot takes, any hot opinions, anything you want to talk about or you want us to talk about, put it in the comments now and let us know. Uh, Max, I'll start with you uh, just because that's kind of where we're at in the conversation. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself um, and kind of how you got to where we are right now in a couple minutes or less. Sounds good. It's I can tell you right now, not as impressive a resume as yours, but I like wow. to say I've attended the school of hard knocks. Shout out to my dad for uh, getting me signed up for that one. But uh, you know what? It was a long, vast journey here in the hard goods, apparel industry side of things. But I've always had a deep-rooted passion for sports. That's where all my business kind of acumen comes from, where all of my ideas sort of have flowed from and generated. And like I said, at the end of the day, I just wanted to come and talk sports. And what better place to do that within the Rod Peterson Show framework and the family? And it's very very nice to be working with like-minded people like myself. And it's kind of funny just going into, I mean, our backstory a little bit and kind of how we got the stemmed idea for this show. You may notice the Paul Korea bobblehead and to borrow a quote from Step Brothers when uh, we had the conversation of, hey, who's your favorite hockey player growing up? That would be Paul Korea. Did we just become best friends? Yeah. Should we start a podcast? Absolutely. Yeah, we so. totally had a John C. Riley and Will Ferrell moment there. 100%. Um, and Charlie Conway, we got the jersey in the back. It's still in the back. Yes, That's, it is. Is that your jersey? Like you brought it the one day. And it's I brought just been it as my tribute to the bunker, and Rod thought it was the Oregon Ducks. I mean, oh. he says he's a movie guy, but I mean, okay. Yeah, he, watches, to, he watches movies. Yeah, we're not here to bash Rod, but at the end of the day, we yeah, have a we have a Charlie Conway <laughs> jersey framed back here somewhere. Where am I pointing? There we go. It's over. Nope, I'm terrible at pointing. It's over here somewhere. It's somewhere. Um, we'll we'll show you the the background and the set over time, but uh, it's uh, we did a great. We had a we. It was a great job done by the IKS Media crew downstairs, and uh, we're really happy about that. And we'll talk about them in a little bit. Um, I guess I'll get to me. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, just another quick note too. I, I forgot to mention it, but um, about how this show kind of got started. Darren Dupont, who is our executive producer at the Rod Peterson Show, Dupont Media, um, we were talking early on in the process of the Rod Peterson Show that he'd like me to grow my character and my voice as well. And it's happened here and there. I've been on the show a few times and we've done a few projects, but not a big deal. Um, not a big deal. But we we wanted to build it more and we just never could really find the right way to do it. And when Max got here, it kind of just sparked everything and it gave us. Uh, a bit of an initiative to kind of get it going. So uh, here we are. Shout out to Darren Dupont. And uh, we're here now after a year, just over a year and a half. But uh, in terms of who I am, if you don't know who I am or, um, or if you know me from the Rod Peterson show, but you only know me as producer Clark. Uh, so I got my start back in the SJHL with the Estevan Bruins after graduating from the U of R. I played a little college baseball in uh, Monterey Peninsula in California. What was your batting average, Clark, if you don't mind me asking? I was, okay, first off, I was honorary mention for uh, designated hitter all-star. Oh. So I, I think I hit 316 with uh, eight home runs. And I can't remember the RBIs, but are I hit 316. Sure that, are you sure that wasn't just your slow pitch stats from last night? No, I definitely hit better at slow pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit. Um, Zach Nelson, thanks for tuning in and blowing up the comments. This show tonight is probably going to be 45 minutes or so, 40 minutes. We'll see how long it goes. It might be a little longer, but typically it'll be about an hour. That's kind of the way we're going. But we'll get into that later, Zach. Hang tight. Hold on to your britches. Keep your pants on. <laughs> As Rod says, you do the watching. <laughs> We'll do the talking. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> uh, but yeah, about me. So um, college baseball, came home, graduated from the U of R, 
Uh, went to the SJHLs, Estevan Bruins. From there, uh, we moved back here, which is where my wife is from. Uh, we have two kids, and I ended up working with the uh, uh, WHL's Regina Pats for three years. Got through the 2018 Memorial Cup. I was the, the game day production guy, so I every, every time you went to a game, everything that made the fans have fun was under what I did. Uh, so we had a great time there. Met Jordan there, a director. Uh, didn't know his name for a long time. It was great. He, he brings it up. He brought it up the other day, and he's like, remember when you didn't know my name? <laughs> I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't any better for me than it was for you, Jordan. <laughs> so I uh, worked for the Pats, and then um, just a year and a half ago, IKS, who was our partners with the Pats, they did all the production, they did the camera work, they did all the, uh, the big clock in the, in the brand center. Uh, they were firing up this show, and it just kind of worked out uh, that the timing matched up, and uh, we launched the Rod Peterson show, and we've been doing it just for over a year and a half now, and it's been wild. Like, I, I didn't know uh, a year and a half ago the types of names I would have on my phone, and uh, as the producer, the guest booker, like it was just, it's a, been a wild adventure and uh, big thanks and shout out to Rod, obviously, uh, who I hope is watching tonight a little Maybe. bit anyways. We'll, I guess we'll, we'll quiz him Rod, tomorrow. are you there? Comment Rod, please. Uh, Darren, same thing. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, we've, uh, we've had a blast. So here we are, we're starting up our new little project for Monday nights. Uh, me and Max, we're going to, we're going to go beyond the box tour, like we said, and, and have a lot of fun and just kind of dive into some topics we feel like talking about and, and you guys feel like talking about. So again, fill up the comments. Um, Max, can you start off? Actually, you know what? I'm going to start off by just going into our sponsors a little bit. Absolutely, please do. Um, so obviously a big part of this is going to be, oh shoot, Craig Smith. You're right. Craig Smith called me out. I was an internship. I did an internship with the riders in the smallest office in the world. <laughs> I was literally in a closet. Craig, you remember? Uh, I was. They cleaned out a closet. They took a, a cabinet out of the yep. closet uh, right beside Craig's office. That's how I know Craig Smith. For everybody who watches the Rod Peterson show, and uh, and obviously Rod knows Craig from the riders. But uh, they took a cabinet out and put a folded folding six foot or eight foot table in there. And I was uh, beside Craig and Brendan Tamman, who was the general manager at the mm -hmm. time, and yep. Jeremy O'Day who was the assistant at the time, now current general manager. And they shoved me in the closet and gave me a printer and a laptop. And I would uh, hope they would give you both of those things, not just one, because yeah. it's kind of hard. And it's, it's crazy. Them. I printed off hundreds of pages every day. Uh, so... <laughs> It was a. It was the weirdest. It was the weirdest office, but it was a super awesome time. I'll I'll tell more rider internship stories as we go along because I have a few. But, um, anyways, yeah. So thank you, Craig, for pointing that out. I was an intern with the riders as well in 2012, the year before they won the Grey Cup. You're very well traveled. You've like kind of gone through some really unique experiences and have been around for some really cool runs locally within our sports community. It's pretty cool. I've gotten pretty lucky, and uh, you know the old saying: it's it's who you know, not, what, other, not what you know. Well, and, the other old saying: you got to be good to be lucky. That'll be the nicest thing I say to you all night. Fair. I'll take <laughs> I'll take it because I know where we're going with a few of our topics later and. It's going to be interesting. So, um, sponsors. We got to we got to shout out our sponsors, especially in this introduction episode as we get going. Mm -hmm. Our first one that I'm going to mention is IKS Media and Technology. Uh, they are our broadcasting par partner sponsor, uh, however you want to call it. Uh, we're obviously using the studios here, uh, the technology, and the great crew. So, shout out to Paul Druin and the IKS crew, especially Josh Burns, who built this beautiful set for us. Quite the uh, handyman. Yes. And I think he said he was going to try to tune in tonight. So shout out to Josh Burns. Uh, we also have Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions, and they are our presenting sponsor. So they are 
brought we're brought to you by Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions tonight and for the next foreseeable future. Uh, Darnell and Roxanne over there. Well, we're going to see how the Cubs playoff run goes because considering Ooh. how our teams ended today, I don't know. Darnell might have some words for us that we're just uh, yeah. Yeah, Darnell, we'll keep, see. keep your trap shut, Darnell. <laughs> we don't want to hear about it, Darnell. Nope. Ugh. Not today. Those Cubs fans sometimes. Uh, I tell you, hey. They they were so heartbroken for so many years, and then all of a sudden they win. and You win one World Series Darn- in 104 years. Darnell's a good one, though. He is a good Darnell's one. a good one. He's a great one. Um, Vigor Lifestyles. Should we... Vigor. Uh, I guess Vigor's our featured sponsor tonight. It just kind of worked out that way. I wore the hoodie today. Max has got his shirt on. We Quick got the uh, Jordan of elk if, Velvet Antler before the show. Yeah. It's got me just going. Jordan, if you can show the desk here. Um, the two bottles there, that's the uh, Vigor Lifestyles Elk Velvet Antler supplement. Fantastic stuff. Oh, Brian Snow with the White Sox. Fansta- fantastic stuff. The Elk, elk Velvet, uh, whoa, elk elk Velvet, Velvet Antler. Antler. Uh, I've been using it. Max just started using it. Um, we'll talk about that another time too. But absolutely, uh, thank you just, to Dave, at the, uh, Dave and Jared and the team over at Vigor. Yeah, greatly appreciate it. Jared, I'm hoping to hear from you later tonight mm-hmm. under the pseudonym of Wendy is what I've been told, and uh, you'll be hearing from Jared Dumba, who is a regular on the Rod Peterson Show as well. He works with Vigor. Uh, he's one of our sponsors, and he's going to be coming on on Monday night, actually. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be our first in-studio guest uh, talking about the NHL draft and free agency, and he's got some wild conspiracy theories. He's got some things to say, people. We we add, or, sorry, we had Jared write us a blog, yeah. and it turned into the most I in-depth think- first-round mock draft I've ever read in my life. And it is really good. If you put it on paper and put a spine on it, you could sell it in stores as a novel. Like oh, it's, absolutely. It's in depth. What would so, the cover photo be, I wonder, of Jared Dumba? Probably of him back in the Oklahoma Blazers days. Crazy not His uh, pro hockey days when he was like uh, in shape with long hair. You should... You should see some of the pictures. Have you seen his pictures when he was? Well, he'll he'll show you. He'll show us. He'll show you. Uh, let's get to. let's get back to the sponsors. <laughs> uh, Vigor's also going to be really involved in our interactive poll questions that we're going to have going throughout the uh, show. Uh, one thing that we're going to note uh, in a little bit here in terms of our how our show is going to be formatted, uh, we're going to be very interactive in our topics. And uh, again, we'll talk to you about that in just a minute. But let's get back to our sponsors. We got Hoop Life Basketball Training. Uh, they're coming on as one of our uh, awesome sponsors, and they're going to be supplying a basketball analyst. And by they, I mean he, Andrew Gottsleg, who's the CEO of the company. Uh, he's going to come on once a month, and we're going to talk basketball with Andrew. Uh, so that's NBA, CEBL, mm-hmm. uh, U Sports. Whatever they want to talk the, about the park, basketball. The really. park outside of the high school. I don't know. Whatever. We're going to We're going to talk about basketball. So uh, we got a basketball partner there. Jared Dumb is going to be our hockey analyst, mm-hmm. which leads us into baseball. And uh, just coming in at the very last minute, just the other day, uh, shout out to the boys at RBI Baseball Training, Todd Davis and Chris Unterreiner. Chris is going to come on once a month as well and talk baseball. We're going to go deep with, uh, with Chris on baseball and talk about RBI's training facility as well. Uh, and we have a football sponsor analyst that I'm going to save. We're going to hold on to that one. We're going to hold on to it. It's happening, and it's in the books, but we just, we'll just we work out some we got, details. We've got a and, verbal commitment. we just got to work yeah. out the signing bonus. That's, that's the yeah. biggest thing. There. And he deserves a signing bonus. Yeah. So Shout out to uh, Katie Fleury and John O'Flynn. John O'Flynn, any connection to the Sedins? Um, John O'Flynn, can you remind me of that later? Because I do have a story about the Sedins. Yes. And I think I told one of them. I have two stories, but I think I told one of them on the show. But I'll, I'll remind you of it too, John. Um, Max, we're going to get into the format of our show now. Yeah. Uh, and Jordan and Kayla, just be ready. Uh, we're, gonna, we're almost heading to our break. We're going to take a quick break soon. Uh, oh, Brian Snow. Brian, you will be on to talk football. Just hang tight. Mm-hmm. I, I got you in my sights, Brian. 
You know me. Can't talk football without the snowman. No. You can't. No. No. We'll, we'll get Brian on, and we'll have a great time with Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Max, let's talk about our format really quick here. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just – I know we have it backwards in our script, but can you mm-hmm. go ahead and talk about our segment? How We're going to launch – or we're going to open every show every night, mm-hmm. uh, talk about our first segment – Basically, how we're going to run it, just before we get to that, is it's going to be, we're going to have a four-segment show every Monday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be about an hour, hour 15 minutes, but of course, we'll play it by ear. If we want to go longer, we can, because we're Because Facebook. we have the technology. It's Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, um, Noah, hang on to your thoughts. Oh, I, Squash, got, some, eh? I got some thoughts on, on that. Do I, I don't, but I'm going to make some up, and Noah's going to love it. Excellent. Um, some squash thoughts. Uh, so, hey. Um, Max, let's talk about our first segment. What's it going to be like? And can you talk about the interactive nature of it as well? Absolutely, guys. So presented by Vigor, our friends over at Vigor, uh, we are going to be putting out a poll every day. We're going to be letting you guys, the squad, kind of dictate our fourth topic of every single show. Previously to that, we are going to have three topics lined up that are the most important to us going on in the world of sports. Maybe a little pop culture. The inevitable movie quote, it's going to happen. You're going to have to get used to it. So, But no, like I said, we want you guys, the squad, the fans of this show, of this program, to be as involved as possible. So you're going to dictate our fourth topic of every single show, and that's going to really comprise mostly of segment one. Uh, segment two, we're going to go into a guest. Now, this is where my good friend Clark and his wonderful cell phone of contacts is going to come in to extreme handiness. We are going to be looking either whether it be locally, whether it be nationally, mostly nationally. I'm really excited, yeah, by the way. You've already got some really good names lined up. Yeah. We'll tease them. Yeah. But anyways. We're not going to go into who we got and don't have, uh, but we, we're, we're going to go big on these guests. Mm-hmm. Like The best part, like I said earlier, is the, uh, with me being the producer of the Rod Peterson Show is... I got quite a contact list, and I hate to brag, but I love to brag at the same time. So we're not going to go small on the guests. But um, no name dropping, though. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But we're <laughs> going we're gonna to go big. We're going to try to get some big guests that interest all of you and hopefully kind of have a great variety in topics so that it's not the same thing every night, and we want to make sure that we're covering especially the four major sports, but yeah. like all sorts of stuff. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Um, I'm really excited about our second show guest mm-hmm. that we've got lined up. Uh, we're going to go deep uh, on some great stuff with him. And then hopefully for Monday night, we got a really good guest who I'm excited about. May have to do with your hat a little bit. Possibly. Hey, uh, by the way, Tanner but, Ring, if you're watching, uh, don't say anything. I might have already let that slip to you, bud. But yep. Uh, yeah. Did did Tanner sign a non-disclosure agreement? Uh, yeah, that's in the mail, Tanner. So just check, check your inbox. Tanner, I know where you work. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So (laughs) segment three, after the guest comes in again, probably 20, 25 minutes, depending on the guest, depending on what the topic is. Um, segment three, we're going to, we're going to pick one topic either before the show, during the show or during the segment Mm -hmm. that we're going to kind of do a deep dive on. So that means, um, Something massive that's going on in sports, we're going to go deep on it. Uh, or the other option is we're going to open it up to you guys, mm-hmm. and we're going to have... Oh, there's Tanner. We're going to open it up to you guys and do kind of like a press conference style question and answer, uh, discussion, debate style type stuff. So uh, segment number three is going to be that. And then segment number four, Max, can you just talk about some of the stuff we got lined up for that with uh, the teaser of our football guest? Don't, don't say who it is, but can you okay. line up? kind of just talk about segment four absolutely we are so fortunate you guys to have such awesome partners like you said working with vigor hoop life and again i won't say it but 
alluding to it, uh, local experts. We're so excited to have them join us here on the Squadcast and give their thoughts, give their opinions on what's going on in their respective areas of expertise. As much as we like to say that we are vastly knowledge in the deep world of sports, we've got our preferences. Yeah. <laughs> it, it may be a little obvious. We're, we like the hockey, we like the baseball, but that's why we diversify. That's why we outsource to our local experts and they're going to come in in our fourth segment and give us a little bit of a deep dive of what's going on and what's meaningful to them. And we're going to have some fun social features lined up with those local experts. So yeah. stay tuned for that. Yeah, so that's that's kind of how we're going to base the show. Um, it's going to be a different feel, like I said, for the guys, for the, I shouldn't say guys, the people who watch the Rod Peterson show. Ryan, I'll get to your comment in a second. <laughs> for the, for the Ryan, people. that's going to take uh, up the whole show. For the people. man. Triggered. For the people who watch the Rod Peterson show and enjoy that format, we're going to be playing to the strengths of that and then just kind of tweaking it to fit our timelines and, and everything as well. So it won't be two hours like the Rod show. Um, it will be more like an hour, hour 15, and, and we're going to really have some fun with it. It's going to so, be like your favorite low-budget comedy, you know that? Sure. But, we're like the little brother. Yeah. We're, the, we're in, literally in the basement. We're downstairs. Um, the joke was that we're in our mom's basement. Yeah. So that's kind of the look we got going some, on here. For some of us, that still means literally. Yeah, just, well, just kidding. Not me. Appreciate you, Mom. And Jordan. <laughs> shout out to Jordan living with his mom. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I should have said that, Jordan. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, North Regina Little League, shout out to you. That's Chris Cater. Good Chris buddy, Cater. Chris. We got, some, yep. we got some really fun stuff coming up with North Regina Little League, so stay mm -hmm. tuned for some of that later down the road. Um, Kayla, can you just throw up Ryan's comment again so I can scold him really quick? <laughs> so Ryan Baracco is a, is a clever person, and he decides to come on uh, on our launch episode right when I'm emotionally vulnerable and say, hey, Clark, can you talk about how the Leafs haven't won the Cup since 1967? So I, I guess one I mean, I would like this addressed as well, but yeah. please. I mean, this is probably for another day considering we're just about to go to a commercial break, but um, one thing I will say, and I got, I, got the, I got this a lot as soon as I announced that we were going to be doing the show. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, no, is it going to be a Leafs show? Is all you're going to talk about the Leafs? And I was like, no. The answer this is, is yes. Well, we'll talk about that maybe. <laughs> we're going to be... <laughs> Spoiler. We're going to be doing on the poll question with topics. You know how... Um, what did we compare to? Jimmy Kimmel and Matt Damon, yes. right? So Jimmy Kimmel always said, oh, sorry, Matt Damon, we don't have time for you. The fourth option of what we should talk about every single day is going to be Clark on the Leafs. And that's it. So every day, it's going to be an option. Leave. And nobody's going to vote for it unless and, you guys want to. Yeah. Uh, and I will gladly talk about the Leafs every single Monday, but uh, we're going to have fun with it. Chris Untreiner, hey man, super pumped to have you on board. Chad Stallard, I finally have better hair than Chad. Oh, that took oh. a while. I'm going to get choked out for You're sure. You're going to get choked out for sure. Shout out to Chad, though. Great guy. Uh, okay, I forgot to finish my thought about the Leafs. Um, well, we're so, going to be here all night if you're going to do it's that. It's just a quick one. <laughs> my Everybody said, Clark, is this just going to be another Leaf show? And no, it's not. We're going to be very diversified in our topics. However. We're going to talk about the Habs, too. Ugh. <laughs> However, I will talk about the Leafs if something's pertinent. If something happens that's important. It's of course I'm going to talk about it. No, not that Sheldon Keith changed his underwear. No, not we're not. That. No, I think what does Rod say every time that Mitch Marner went to the bathroom in the morning or something like that? That's well, the I mean, extent. We're not going that Twitter. far. I think you know that. Likes bad team. Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> you know what? Let's go to commercial break. <laughs> Let's go to commercial break. <laughs> okay, Jordan, hit that commercial break. When we come back, we are actually going to talk about some stuff related to sports and what's going on right now, including the NHL playoffs, Stanley Cup. I should say Stanley Cup final, uh, the NHL offseason. Uh, I'm excited about that. And the Toronto Blue Jays. 
All the things and stuff are happening. As Rod says, everything is happening. The Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still too soon. Uh, okay, let's go to commercial. Jordan, uh, we will see you right after the break, and uh, stay tuned for more. Fire up the comments, and we'll see you after the break. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. Stunning graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. DDG, always delivering the best fan experience. Find us at ddgregina.com. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions is Saskatchewan's only full-service supply chain company. Strategic sourcing, PO creation, and order expediting, VMI and vending solutions, and free delivery are just a few of the supply chain services we provide. If your company needs it, Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions can get it for you. Price, quality, service, Rockstar Supply Chain Solution is helping Saskatchewan companies buy better. IKS Live. IKS Live. Western Canada's premier production services company. LED. LED sign rentals. Video. Video production. Event, event management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website. IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. You know, you think you like people, you think people are good people, and then they just start commenting stuff in while you're in commercial break, and all you can do is read it, and you can't respond, and it just, it hurts. Like Katie Fleury, you know, we all know Clark has bad taste in teams, like, but he's still like a good guy. Well, I mean, can we talk about your Falcons? Like, there's a little bit. No, more, oh, no we're not, no, talking, we're not about talking about the Falcons about, tonight. Okay, well, so, I'm, hey, I'm trying to transition. No. Like it, a good co-host does. You know? I know. I totally understand. <laughs> um... You know, not, we're not talking about our NASCAR teams either, Jordan. Clark has lost focus because of his team's inability to be successful I'm in the world of sports. You guys, I'm telling you it's an emotionally vulnerable night for me. And then everyone comes on here and starts bashing all the teams I like and getting me all like fired up. I and thought that we were going to get to episode three before that started happening. No, I apparently really... not. Episode 0.5, and here we are already. Jeez. Um, but yeah, Katie Fleury, not, we will talk about the Montreal Canadiens. That's going to be a thing we do. So, hey, don't worry about it. We got you all covered. Make sure you send in your comments mm -hmm. and tell us what you guys want to talk about, and we will. Um, 
Yes. Thank you, Derek. We will be talking about Nate Pearson and the Toronto Blue Jays. Yep. Um, that is a great point, actually, about the comparison with Aaron Sanchez. Mm-hmm. I actually have a question to, for you about Aaron Sanchez later in the show. So stay it. tuned. The Blue Jays is what we're closing with. We need to talk about the other stuff first. Oh, no. Oh, Alan. Dylan oh, Nikoforak no. is killing me and Alan Lee. And Alan Lee. Me. I'm getting blown up right now. But yeah. let's get into our first topic because that's just what like we're here the Falcons. to do. I don't want to just keep talking about people bashing me all night, which is fun. Keep Wait till I hear it. who my teams are. Well, your teams are okay. Well, you ain't got no rings yet, though. No, not probably not for a long time. Let's be real. Let's get back to what the uh, agenda <laughs> okay. was. Our first, our first topic. Yes, is we're going to talk about the Stanley Cup. So we're going to recap it now, Max. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm-hmm. They absolutely came together this year they had a rocky start Mm -hmm. and we don't have to go into the whole regular season right now but they had a rocky start to the year and everyone's like oh man that loss to columbus in the playoffs last year that sweep to columbus really hurt that team Mm -hmm. and they came back this past season and they didn't look like the tampa bay lightning that we've known for the last what three four five years and then they come in the playoffs and it's like oh it's tampa bay again yeah it's the tampa bay lightning and i think going back to excellent point by the way i think it actually did start with that sweep regardless of the slow start you have to look at a team like tampa bay and really just kind of know that with the dominance they've displayed in the regular season it's a team that takes 25 games to really get excited about okay we got some stuff to play for now and with just the uncertainty of how everything shook out this past season it's at the end of the day, I'm happy for them and especially happy for hockey. As Steve Dangle said, they saved hockey yeah, <laughs> to uh, a certain degree, but that's definitely. a topic for another day. But yeah. like you said, Clark, at, at the end of the day, they became the Tampa Bay Lightning. We all thought that they would be getting to that mountaintop after a long time of regular season and for a while, postseason dominance, conference finals, yeah. appearances, uh, a loss in the 2015 and, Stanley Cup final. And it always seemed to be injuries that just caught up to them at the wrong time. And like they still had a big one this year. At, well, exactly. That's what I was yeah, was, that's what I was getting at. Mm-hmm. So 2015, they're rolling along in the playoffs, and then they come up against Chicago, and they lose the Tyler Johnson's at 25% health. Like He was massive that year. He actually set the record for goals that playoff season, mm-hmm. uh, that playoff run for the Tampa Bay Lightning franchise in mm-hmm. playoffs, and Braden Point broke it this year. Yeah. And Braden Point was hurt too, on top of their captain, Steven Stamkos. Have you ever heard of that guy? Uh, well, he's yeah. pretty good at hockey. Comes I mean, in and scores a goal in two minutes and thirty-seven seconds yeah. of ice time. Like gets a name, gets his name on the cup. Yeah. I'm happy for Stammer. I really yeah. am. At the oh, end of the absolutely. Yeah. Should have been a Leaf. <laughs> okay. Are we gonna go there? Oh uh, well. <laughs> I mean, who shouldn't have been? Everyone should have been a Leaf. But <laughs> everyone's um, gonna be a Leaf yet, of course. PK Subban. Henrik Lundqvist. We'll get to Henrik Lundqvist. So anyways, we won't go there. Um, The Dallas Stars, though, they were absolutely ravaged with injuries, way more than the Lightning were. Mm -hmm. Um, All the names, like, there's tons, but they were out probably, I think it was their third-line center. They were out a wing, the top six winger. They were, Mm -hmm. their goalie, Ben Bishop, Anton Hudobin comes in. I have an interesting thought about Anton Hudobin. Don't let me me forget about it. I want to go into this first. But the Dallas Stars, can you, from what you saw throughout the playoffs, not just in the final, but what do you think about the Dallas Stars and the way they constructed their roster and how the NHL almost got into another copycat situation like they did with the Boston Bruins compared to if Tampa win? You know how teams always copycat the winners? Exactly, yeah. In the style of play. Dallas had a really old school 
late 90s, early 2000s style of team. They really did. They had defensive shutdown team, a couple scorers up front, but they really relied on that defensive structure. Can you talk about kind of how they progressed through the playoffs? Well, even going back to this, they had a very tumultuous start, right? With yeah. with all the drama surrounding Jim Montgomery's firing. Oh. Um, in addition to, like you mentioned, injuries. I mean, like I said, to wrap this up with a pretty bow, I think speaking specifically to the playoffs, they truly embraced that next man up mentality. Uh, I forget his first name, but that Kid Ivara guy. Kiviranta. Kiviranta. Yeah. My Yuri, apologies. Yuri? Yuri Kiviranta? Whatever Just correct us in the comments, please. Please we, do. Our, okay, here's another thing we're going to... Our fanalists. Mm -hmm. So everyone watching, you are now a fanalist. Please let us know if we're saying that guy's name right. Yes. Yuri Kirviranta? I think it's Yuri. Anyways, go on. He's a finished dude that came up with just a couple yeah. of absolute massive performances when Dallas needed it most. Going back to the conference finals, again, like you said, ravaged, ravaged by injuries, you need that next man up mentality to be able to get to where they got this season. And riding Anton Hudobin, to me, that was the best story of the playoffs. Right. I don't know if anybody keeps up with his Instagram, but it is hilarious. Oh, he's a great dude. He kind of Former Saskatoon Blade. That's right. And uh, one of the, I think he was the last, and again, maybe somebody out there might know, but I think he was the last European goalie drafted before the CHL changed their European draft rules. And I think I saw Chris Clark in here from the uh, unofficial Regina Pats podcast. Chris, can you correct me if I'm right or wrong on that? I think he was the last goalie that either played or was drafted in the European CHL import because you couldn't pick goalies for a while, and they just opened that mm -hmm. back up. So I think Kudobin was the last one, and then they changed the rules. My thought on Kudobin, can I say it now? Absolutely. So Ben Bishop gets hurt, Kudobin comes in, and everyone's raving about this guy. I looked at his stats. I don't know what it ended up being uh, after the final game. He had a 917 save percentage, and just under, th I think it was like 274 goals against. Mm -hmm. That's an average season. That's not special. Now, yes, he had some massive games, and he played some really great hockey, but it's a small sample size maybe too, but that's an average season. That's not that special uh, in terms of if you were to go out and sign the guy for a massive amount of money. I've heard some people talking about Anton Hudobin as the next big star in the NHL in the because he's a free agent. Mm -hmm. I think he's a free agent. Let me just check. Cap I liken him really to quick. Tim Thomas. Really, okay. had, having such a late start to prominence in his career. And I think going back to his average regular season, when you talk about the stats and you talk about the numbers, you also alluded to it earlier, that button up, for lack of a better word, boring style of hockey that Rick Bonus implemented. You look at the Dallas Stars. They have they have stars, yeah. pardon the pun. Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Alex Radulov, former Predator who burned us. All of those <laughs> names. You're such a heartbroken Predators fan. Let's oh yeah, we're going to talk about me being the heartbroken. Well, it's true, and and now we're both triggered. We're we both two heartbroken. triggered hosts, right? Okay, let me get into, <laughs> let me get into Anton, Anton Hudobin again. Do. Uh, Chris Clark, thank you for that information. If you can maybe just quickly check for me on that, I wouldn't hate you, Chris, um, it, to see who that last guy was. Speed round. Hudobin was one of the last ones, though. That's what that was my main. He point. is thirty-four years fact. old, so it would line up with the timeline. He's thirty-four years old. He's been in the league since two thousand and seven with the Minnesota Wild. Mm -hmm. Um, let's look at his stats really quick. Like I won't go too deep into it, but he had an interesting... He started with the Wild. He only played six games, and they got traded to the Bruins. Uh, I think he played... A, he was the backup, sort of, for one season. He played 14 games. Then he went to Carolina, 
did pretty good as a backup, and then they tried to get, make him a starter. Didn't do that great. Mm. Then he went to the Ducks, kind of bounced around back to the Bruins, was a sort of a backup for a while behind Rask. True journeyman, really. He was, and now he's with the Stars, and he's been gr- I, I will admit, he's been really good. His numbers, he got 923 last year in 41 games mm-hmm. and a 930 save percentage this past season in 30 games, 222 goals against. So his regular season numbers are there, but as a backup goaltender, he's getting the softer matchups probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's getting the you know the easier games in terms of like rest or travel or whatever. Usually the starter mm-hmm. usually gets the first one and then whatever happens. And he, but I don't know. Like I don't think Anton Hudobin is going to go into free agency and cash in. He's thirty four years old. Yeah. He's at a point in his career where he could fall off hard. Absolutely. Look at all the goalies. Look at so many goalies. There's only a few that last. Like if you look at currently goalies who are over the age of 34, Mark Andre Fleury is an exception. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig Anderson has been pretty good. He's 38, 39. And to really go off the cliff, my good friend. Well, I wish he was my friend, but uh, Pekarine might have been the. We'll get him biggest, on the show. We'll, we'll get, get him on the show. We'll get him on the show. That would, oh, yeah. that would make my life. But. Well, we'll see. <laughs> don't don't get your hopes up. But maybe just the best example of a guy falling off a cliff. Right. And you're right, Clark. At the end of the day, it's what's the market dictating for a guy like him who had one magical playoff run? I don't necessarily know if it's, it may turn into a raise for him, maybe in Dallas, maybe not. It opens up some doors, but at the end of the day for a guy like Anton Hudobin and in the essence of our show being a deep dive show, I read a very interesting article about him and his journey. Like you said, alluding to all those stops, he stayed in the league by being a great teammate. You saw the video. We're not going home. Yeah. And people got, my apologies for the poor accent. But it's things like that, those guys that really just, they come out in the locker room and they make a difference and they're just a joy to be around. Sure. That's how he stayed in the league. Oh, so absolutely. It's going to be fun to see. And he he served his role for a lot of mm-hmm. years. He he did a, a serviceable job as a backup. Mm-hmm. He hasn't shone as a starting goaltender, but hey, maybe, maybe now's his time. Like you said, maybe he's the next Tim Thomas. Maybe he comes back and he's a starter for somebody and makes a couple of playoff runs. And maybe before we transition into our next goaltender that we are... We'll get I mean, there. We'll get there. We got something else to go into first. We do have something else to go into first. But, but go on. But yes, no, it's for a guy like him entering the market that he's entering, mm. I just don't know. Like you said, again, I do agree with you on that point. I don't know where that big money ticket's going to come for him. Because like you said, traditionally over the last three or four years, goaltenders over 35 are just, they're a poor investment. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I wish nothing but the best for him. Sure. And I must say, I was so happy to watch Corey Perry lose another Stanley Cup. So happy. Future, future Toronto Maple Leaf Corey Perry? Oh, pff. You can have him. Go ahead. Hey. Suspeed for 10 games. We well, could, actually, well, we could use a guy like that. Famous walk of shame. Anyways, after. just to close off Anton Hudobin, <laughs> uh, he's coming off a $2.5 million contract. That's pretty good backup money. Due for a raise. Oh. Probably. Yeah. How much? Especially in COVID times, which we're going to get into literally yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Not ideal. Now, we're going to flip to the other side mm-hmm. of the Stanley Cup, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And my thoughts on the Lightning today... And I, where did I put it? I said, uh, I think it's in the description on Facebook. Are the Lightning even going to get to celebrate the fact that they won? Or is their team going to get absolutely ripped apart right now because they are in such a massive salary cap problem that they won't even have time to do much with the cup? Like, they're obviously doing it right now. And like you said, you saw a video of Steven Sam. Was that on Instagram? That was on Instagram down that canal in Tampa. They're having fun. Uh, and good for them, and they deserve it. But, uh, you know, 
this team, and I'll just pull up their their salary cap right now, is in a position where they have. Now, what was it, Max? You might have to just fill me fill in. Th- no, fifteen players signed. Yep. And that so for those who might not know, NHL rosters have the ability to have twenty three players on their roster. Twenty players play every night, so you need a minimum of twenty. So. Mm-hmm. If they want to just meet the bare minimum, they've got to sign five guys. They only have $5.33 million to do that. Yeah. And these are their current free agents, Max. Actually, do you have it open? I don't have it open right now. I I got it right here. Their current free agents that they either have to sign or let go are Patrick Maroon, who just won two straight Stanley Cups. Like, little known, like, not being talked about much. I've seen some tweets about it, but Patrick Maroon just won two straight Stanley Cups. That dude is making like a million and a half bucks. He's probably due for a raise. He's only 32. See, that's what he thought going into last offseason, too. He needs a payday, that guy. Well, if you're a team in the NHL, I mean, again, if we're going superstitious, sign Patrick Maroon, you're likely going to win the cup next year. Future Toronto Maple Leaf Patrick Maroon. (laughs) Get used to it. (laughs) Um, Patrick Maroon is coming off a season where he had 23 points in 64 games, uh, making 900 thousand am i reading that right nine hundred thousand dollars with the tampa bay lightning that sounds about right it was late in the offseason when he signed before yeah you're right nobody was signing him for some reason before that 1.75 million dollars with tampa and before that two million dollars with the ducks this guy he needs he needs a raise somebody pay patrick maroon at least two million dollars again we've got it's like the taylor hall jinx for the lottery like well he broke well, it this year the opposite, but even though. Sti- well exactly but still <laughs> sign the guy okay so let's get back into tampa <laughs> i agree with you anthony sorelli oh he's is a he's restricted free agent now again i don't know everyone watching this i'm assuming you know what the difference is between an unrestricted and a restricted free agent unrestricted means you're over the age of 26 or like what is it? it's like seven seven 27 20, is there a year I think it's 26 it? but it's like it's 7 or 8 years served or something or 6 or 7 years we'll served. We'll look that up for next show. Yeah. It's something <laughs> like that though. So uh if you're a restricted free agent it typically means that you don't really have that much leverage with your team to get more money. Right. But Anthony Sorelli got selkie votes this year for the top defensive forward. Yeah. And uh he's probably in for a little bit of a payday unless they ship him out, but he's still in for a payday. The dude's 23 years old. He's been centering their third line, fourth line now for a few years, and he's done nothing but be exactly what they need. They mm-hmm. need a defensive-style center to match all their high-powered offense, mm-hmm. and he chips in an offense, too. That's so the thing. He has the upside offensively, and that's where his real value, I think, comes in. Like yeah. you said, on the defensive side of the puck, but those Sean Couturier-type forwards, which I don't know, maybe that's a little early praise for ah, that you comparison. You know what? Pretty decent comparison, but his, At 23 years old, his career is trending in that direction. Yeah. And at the end of the day, whether you pay him now or you pay him in three or four years, that's that's going to be a tough one for the Lightning to swallow if they have to let him go again. They did what they did. They won their cup. But My main they, point is that they have $5.3 million to spend. He might make half that it, or if more, more than half that. Potentially up to four, I would even say. Again, we have to put now, the COVID clause in there, though. You're right. But we'll get to my hot take in yes. a minute, which might make him fit in. Now, mm-hmm. the other guys that we have to, to talk about, and if you watch the Stanley Cup final, Adam... Adam Schultz. <laughs> Adam Schultz. Yeah, we'll get to the Leafs later. Another show, probably. But Eric Cernak, he played big minutes in the final. I don't care what you say. <laughs> He's a right shot defenseman, which add a million dollars to his contract immediately just because he's got a right handed stick. Mikhail Sergachev, massive young kid, like not massive in size, but massive in terms of ability. Yeah, absolutely. Well, trading Jonathan Drouin for him, like that's a 
Yeah. And it's a, it's an investment you want to protect, right? He's when a restricted free agent kind of deal. He could probably make four or five million himself too. Likely, yeah. Unless he signs a bridge deal where it's like two and a half, three and a half or something, but that's you don't have much money for these guys. And then they have Luke Shen, who's whatever. You can say what you want about Luke Shen. He played a night. He played a good role for them. He in the played finals. a game for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Clark. You cannot whatever and disgrace <laughs> hold the on, good hold name on, hold on. of Luke. Jordan, Shen. can I get a shot on me? <laughs> Future Toronto Maple Leaf, Luke Shen. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk, who's probably in all reality probably leaving. Yeah. They just don't have spots. And that's for a guy him. that's kind of revitalized his career a little bit. He was making yeah. big money for a little while and then he was not that long early, ago, really. No, he was one of the early kind of people through or one of the early defensemen going through that buyout process. And again, just landed on a great team. Tampa was so good yeah. at just picking off spare parts. But perfect well, well, yeah, exactly. Spare part, perfect for what he is. Mm-hmm. He's an offensive defenseman, and he was signed in New York as their number one guy. Right. He he well, and I'm not gonna say he wasn't ready for that. He was probably ready for the challenge. But he's, he's a power play quarterback and an yeah. offensive defenseman. He paired up with Ryan McDonough, who was his partner in, in New York for a little bit. Hard to be bad playing with Ryan McDonough as I your mean, defense partner. What can we say? And I think Hedman played with Cernak. I'm pretty sure. Which is why I think Cernak played some big minutes. He was always out there with with Hedman. Yeah. And Hedman played like an hour could see him getting a Ben Sherratt type of raise, you know, moving over yeah. to Montreal. That's a, like, good, that's a good comparison. You know? Except Ben Sherratt's left-handed. So add a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. Eric Cernak's right-handed. Are you they, right-handed, Clark? Is this no. why you're overvaluing right-handed hockey players? Have you seen what right-handed <laughs> hockey players get paid? I know. It's a 70-30 split. That was, that's statistically true. Yeah. Um, Jan, Jan Ruda also, who, I mean, they could take him or leave him. He's a depth guy. And then Zach Bogosian. So they have some options, but they just straight up don't have any money, which leads me to my hot take of the night. <laughs> we saw a tweet uh, today. Today? Today. Was it today or yesterday? Everything's happening. Today. So Everything's the days happening. are just blending together. Who knows? Could have been today. Could have been yesterday. Mm-hmm. Pierre Lebrun was on TSN 1050, which is Toronto, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he comes out and says that Tampa Bay is... And I have actually... Rich Sutter was on the show today. I will say this before I get to Pierre Lebrun's comment. Rich Sutter was on the show today. Mm-hmm. I asked a question to Rod. Rod prompted it. or Sorry, I prompted it to Rod. He asked it. Uh, will the, I said this question. Will the Tampa Bay Lightning have a chance to celebrate or is their roster going to get ripped mm-hmm. apart? Rich Sutter, who is a scout for the Blue Jackets and a uh, pro scout. He's a hockey analyst for Sportsnet. Mm-hmm. He's, Rod's like, are they going to have a chance or are they going to have to rip apart their roster? And Rich Sutter's reaction was <laughs> literally no words. <laughs> they have to rip apart their roster. They basically, okay, and then we'll get into Pierre Lebrun's, but hearing Rich say that struck home for me even yeah. more because Rich is in the inside of it. There's some serious credibility behind that gesture. Yeah, he <laughs> knows that they're in a tough spot, mm-hmm. and a lot of teams are. His comment was 28 to 30 teams are in tough spots. That's like 98.5% of the NHL. Yeah. That's- <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs are okay. Oh my! Oh boy! Are we going there again? Anyways, um, so anyways, change Rich, the coloring, change the branding. We're going blue and white. I, we decided this isn't, this isn't a Leaf show. It's not a Leaf show. <laughs> the tweet from Pierre LeBron. It wasn't from Pierre. It was somebody else who listened to his interview. Said that the Tampa Bay Lightning are probably going to have to move on. I don't have it word for word here, but are probably going to have to move on from somebody we aren't expecting. Nobody expected. And that is interesting to me because, Max, can you can I tell you who has no trade clauses on the Tampa Bay Lightning? Uh, you probably don't have to, but please do for our viewers. So if you're not 
if you don't have cat friendly open currently and you're watching this show, I have it for you. <laughs> no movement clauses, which means you can't be moved or no trade clauses, which means you either can't be traded or you have, you basically can tell the GM if you want to accept a trade or not, depending mm -hmm. on the situation. That's for another deep dive show. Yeah. Nikita Kucherov, no movement clause. Steven Stamkos, no movement clause. Victor Hedman, no movement clause. Andre Palat, no trade clause. Yanni Gord, no trade clause. All these guys are making over $5 million, by the way. Tyler Johnson, no trade clause. Alex Kalorn, no trade clause. Modified, which means he doesn't have as much say in what happens. But Another interesting name to watch, though. Yeah. Ryan McDonough, no trade clause. Signed for another six years. Braden Coburn, no trade clause. 35-year-old at $1.7 million. No trade clause. And then they just signed Andre Vasilevsky for a long-term deal at $9.5 million. That's not, they're not moving Andre Vasilevsky. They signed him for a reason. They want him to stay there. Exactly. So the one name that stands out to me, and I don't know, I'm reading between the lines maybe with Pierre Lebrun, is Braden Point. Braden Point is 24 years old. He sh could, arguably could have won the con Smythe. Victor Hedman is more than deserving of mm -hmm. it. Braden Point is making $6.75 million for this next season and the season after that. He does not have a known trade clause. Nope. The only other player that they could move right now is Blake Coleman at $1.8 million, which won't solve their problems. Nope. Cedric Paquette at $1.6 million, which won't solve their problems. And Barclay Grudrow at under a million, which won't solve their problems. So... If you're looking at contracts that are going to be traded out that nobody is expecting. Hi, Emma. My daughter, Emma, is watching. Hello. <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> Almost. If you're looking at contracts on the Tampa Bay Lightning that they're going to trade out, Max, that will save their situation, Braden Point is the only guy unless they're able to get one of these guys to waive their no-trade clauses. Yeah, it's pretty easy to connect for on that one. When, when, again, just when you go through the names, right? I mean, at the end of the day, do they want to disseminate their roster or, I guess, decimate their roster? No. Do you want to give up a Conn Smythe candidate in Braden Point, who is 24 years old, who you know what you're going to get out of him every single year? No. But at the end of the day, we're living in a cap-strapped world. And like you said, as what Rich alluded to, 28 to 30 teams in the position where they may need to reshuffle yeah. salaries and structures. The, again, for Tampa, yeah, they, hey, enjoy your parades, guys, because you might not have the same guys back in the locker room next now, year. Again, this is all just speculation to if one of these guys with a no trade clause doesn't waive it. Exactly. They have the power. These guys with no mm -hmm. trade and no move clauses can say, no, we're staying, sorry. And they can't do anything about it. Braden Point just becomes that guy that you trade him at his highest value. Tampa's very good at that. You recruit, you recruit, recoup a lot of assets for that Braden Point, mm -hmm. and then they probably, honestly, if it happens, they turn it around and they're Tampa Bay again in a year and a half. And before we transition, I do really want you to go into what we were discussing prior to the show. Give the viewers that little taste of where you thought uh, a player of Braden Point's caliber could end up, and again, connecting dots, it made a lot of sense to me. Right. You know what? Can we get into that with our next topic? Certainly can. Next topic. <laughs> Is that how we're going to do it? Sure. Next topic. Uh, it's our show. We can do what we want. Right. <laughs> we have a debate coming up here, Max. Mm -hmm. And uh, we luckily just happened to be on either side of the debate, so it was a natural debate. The Winnipeg Jets. And maybe teaser, that was, that was what we were talking about <laughs> earlier. But the Winnipeg Jets, they are all over 
Yeah, okay, sorry, let me get to this. Derek TC com- commenting on Facebook, Braden Point is the future. Mm-hmm. They'll ask guys to waive their no-trade clause. They can ask all they want, Derek. If they don't waive it, they're not going anywhere. And it's pretty hard to get guys to waive their no-trade from Tampa, Florida, where there's no state tax, in addition to where they just want to stand the cup. Alex Kalorn's riding a skidoo, or a skidoo, a sea-doo, <laughs> Every day to the stadium. He's the influencer now. Check out his social. Oh, He's got man. a good thing going. He's I'd fantastic. Love to get him on the show, producer. Clark. Alex Klorn, you're next. <laughs> but I know what you're saying, Derek. Mm-hmm. Braden Point is the future. Pierre Lebrun's tweet or his comment was, it's somebody you won't expect. Mm-hmm. Braden Point is somebody you wouldn't expect. Nope. They're not going to move Steven Stamkos. No. They're not going to move Nikita. Well, Nikita Kucherov. He's got a no move clause, but do you move Nikita Kucherov? So, listen, I'm not saying that Braden Point future is getting Toronto traded. Future Toronto Maple Leaf, Nikita Kucherov? <laughs> Braden Point, future <laughs> Toronto Maple Leaf? No, we're not going there. I don't think so. But, okay, this leads into our next debate. Winnipeg Jets. All over the trade boards right now, all over the rumor mills, honestly, for the last couple of years, mm-hmm. Patrick Laine. Now, Patrick Laine is in a situation where he's coming off a down year of, what, like 29 goals? That was 2019. There was a 2020 okay. season played where he picked her up. Well, let's, let's, just, <laughs> let's just click on his stats so I'm not wrong here. Wow. But 20, yeah, I'm right. You can't, no, yeah, I'm right. 28 goals in 68 games. Now, yes. he, he would have been on pace for like 35, but 28 goals this past season in 68 games and 30 the year before, which it was a down year. A statistically streaky, historic type of streaky. Right. <laughs> so we're looking at Patrick Line, and everyone's talking about that the Jets are interested or listening to trade offers for Patrick Laine. Patrick Laine has one year left on his deal at $6.75 million because he signed a two-year deal, I think. Two-year bridge, yeah. That was in the summer of restricted free agency. Right. uh, He's still a restricted free agent. Yes. So keep that in mind in this whole conversation. But they're talking about trading Patrick Laine. Now, I want you guys to please, yes, he's only 22. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Clark's dad. That was my point. Yeah, Max Max will get to that, (laughs) Father. Um, I want you guys to comment in the comment section now if you're watching. Please let us know. Would you trade Patrick Laine or would you keep Patrick Laine? And I want to know your reasoning. So please send Mm -hmm. us in your comments now because we are about to talk about it and then we'll get to your comments. Jets fans, we know you're there. We're one province over. Exactly. We know. (laughs) So Patrick Laine, Max. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell me why the Jets should keep Patrick Laine. Okay, well, without making this an essay, I've got three or four points. It's going to be an essay. It's going to be an essay. I got three or four points. Again, going back to your father's comment, thank you very much. 22 years old and prorated for this year, he will have never in his short career had a season less than 30 goals. It's incredibly tough to acquire those pieces. And to me this year, he just seemed to find a rhythm with Paul Maurice, whether it be a conversation they had behind closed doors, whatever it was, he picked it up on the defensive side of the puck because that's been the knack on Patrick Line is, hey, can he do it 200 feet? Uh, you know what? He's 22. It took a lot of really elite players a long time to establish a 200-foot game in the NHL. With that being said as well, too, yeah, there's some points of his game that maybe need a little bit of work. He's projected to be a fringe first-line left-right winger wherever you want to position him at. But if you look at him, since he entered the league, Eighth, tied for eighth with another Patrick Kane in the NHL not bad. since 2016. That's yeah, not bad. So with 130. And John Tavares, by the way, Toronto Maple Leaf captain. Toronto Maple Leaf captain. In, in that time frame. In that time frame. 138 goals, 
0.8 points per game. And again, like you said, tied for eighth in league scoring. That, that's You don't just... In goal scoring. In goal say, scoring. Don't say league scoring. because Sorry, could be sorry, fine. not league scoring. Goal scoring. Goal scoring. Yeah. But even still, with the projection of where he's going, he just turned 22 in April. The kids still got a lot of time left in this league. And I think for a fan base like Winnipeg, you've got to look at it from a perspective of you're walking around Bell MTS place. You see 29 jerseys, T-shirts all over the place. He is a fan favorite. He's also much criticized by the diehards. Now, again, with that being said, you don't just acquire these guys. And with an owner with a net worth of $39.2 billion in Dave Thompson... I think they're going to find a way to pay him long term and without sacrificing any sort of, I guess, future, so to speak. You could maybe make the case that it could be a Max Pacioretty type of deal, although Max was a little bit older when the Habs traded him uh, for some picks and prospects from Vegas. Nick Suzuki has turned out to be a heck of a player, but you never know until they get into the league. Max Pacioretty was older, though, when that trade happened. Absolutely, yeah. He was 27-20. He was a 40-goal scorer. Definitely Patrick Laine was a 40-goal scorer already at 21. What What was the full deal? Do you have that Uh, in terms of the Max Pacioretty deal? Because if you look at it in terms of what Patrick Laine could get back in a trade, or what the Jets could get for Patrick Laine mm-hmm. back in a trade, it's probably fairly close to what Max Pacioretty got in his trade. Exactly. And again, is that enough for a 22-year-old budding right. superstar? And I am going to label him with that term, budding superstar, because again, there's just so much development that can still occur in his game. And I think he's got the coach to do it in Winnipeg. I really do. Paul Maurice, love his media availabilities, by the way. I just have to say that about him. There just seems to be something developing there with the chemistry and the structure. And again, going back to the team, I just don't know how you're better off trading Patrick Laine this year when you've got Blake Wheeler, who's 34 years old, maybe heading into the twilight of his career. And again, moving on from somebody at 22 years old, depending on the return, that's a mighty big gamble to take when you're in a small market franchise. Well, I guess small market, but Winnipeg. Overall, it's the smallest arena in the NHL. And to maybe wrap up my point, this gentleman, I don't know if we can zoom oh, yeah. in, on, uh, zoom in this on this one, Jordan, but uh, current. You're going to have to go to the other camera, Jordan. <laughs> we got to get the, we got to get, there we go. There we are. John Paddock. And how fitting that we have our favorite player, Paul Correa there. Right. There was another trade that occurred many, many a winter ago in 1996. Oh boy. That was pulled the trigger on. And again, a finish. Go back to Max now. <laughs> we don't need to look at Max's knee. No. Thank you. Of finished descent by a name of Timu Solani. That last trade for a Finn didn't work out so well. I'm not too sure you give up on Patrick Liney at 22 years old. COVID or not, I think he's got to stay in Winnipeg for them to continue to build on what they built while still trying to maneuver. Chevy's got some work to do in the yep. front office. They, again, defensively, they're a mess. Yep. But you got to find a way to keep a 22-year-old guy that can just pot 30 a year in his sleep. That's fair. And that, that was where I was going with... There's my essay. That's, that's the only thing that's got me saying, you know, maybe they should keep him. He gets 30 goals. But what's, what gets on my nerves with Patrick Laine, and it's not like it's a pet peeve of mine. He's a great player. He's six foot five. He has a rocket of a shot. He can score literally with the best of them. Like you said earlier, Patrick Kane, John Tavares. He's right up there with Connor McDavid. Like mm-hmm. He's got eight fewer goals than Connor McDavid. Way fewer than Austin Matthews. Because Austin Matthews is, is a lot better. But 
Um, we won't go there. No, really, Clark? Tell us more about well, you, your franchise, Lord you literally, and Savior. You gave me the list. It's right in front of me. John Tavares and Austin Matthews are ahead of him in the Thank list. Thank you, I Clark's just, dad. I just had to point that out. Okay. My dad's <laughs> taking Max's side. Okay, anyways, let me let me say my side, and then maybe he'll switch back over. So Patrick Laine, yeah, 30 goals. Look at how his season went this year. He had that great run of 12 games where he scored 18 goals. That was 2019. Look at last year then. <laughs> he had that great run of 18 or 12 games where he scored mm-hmm. 18 goals. And then the rest of the season, mm-hmm. he scored 12 goals. Yes. He's extremely hot and cold. Mm-hmm. And you can't rely on him to be your guy. Now, at, this, at his age, 22, mm-hmm. guys at, of his caliber have established themselves. If you look at Patrick Kane, mm-hmm. the guy he's tied with, he had, by 22, established himself as the guy for Chicago. He was their guy, their goal-scoring guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Tavares was the leader of the... He was the captain of the Islanders at that point. Well, it wasn't hard to be that for the wow. Islanders. The Islanders are pretty, pretty brutal. Let's, <laughs> let's be real. We'll have Joe, Liz- Joe Lizito. Where are you? Joe Lizito. We'll have you on sometime. We're going to talk Islanders with yes. Joe Lizito. We haven't seen Joe in a while. i got to get in touch with Joe. Mm-hmm. Brad Marchand. Now, Brad Marchand's different. Nathan McKinnon was a freaking superstar by the time he was... He's barely not barely older than 22. He's not that much right. older. Anyways, my point mm-hmm. is that Patrick Laine seems to be a guy who cries for his ice time by not... I want to play with Mark Scheifele, and he made a big stink about it. Who wouldn't want him, though? Come on. Of course, <laughs> but you got to play with what you're given, and he's he doesn't scream to me to be a, a hardworking team player type of guy. Mm-hmm. Now, do you take that... To get 30, 40 goals a year, that's what talent does. Mm. You take, you put up with that to get the results. Right. You look at Alex Ovechkin. Now, Alex Ovechkin's maybe a bit of a different specimen, but pretty similar. He's on pace to be the greatest goal scorer of all time. So. No, I know. No, but I'm not comparing in terms of their goal <laughs> scoring ability, but yep. in terms of the type of player they were early in their career, mm-hmm. you could probably compare Ovechkin a little bit. Maybe Ovechkin was more physical, but... Sure offensive goal scoring mm-hmm. winger with a shot and Ovi had the jam I guess that yeah line does now what I'm gonna get at next yeah Ovi has way yes the Boston Bruins in 2013 they came off a Stanley Cup loss mm-hmm. and they were struggling with culture in the room mm-hmm. which is kind of sounds like the Winnipeg Jets to me because Patrick Line has been in some issues with the room and he's been in some issues with the guys around the room mm-hmm. it's been documented look it up <laughs> Uh, oh, Derek. Uh, rename the show the TML Talk. I think no, that's no, no, already no, no, no. trademarked, isn't it? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, we 2013, tried. Boston Brewers lose to Stanley Cup. They trade Tyler Sagan. Tyler Sagan was a 22-year-old coming off of two Stanley Cup appearances, mm-hmm. looked like he was going to be a stud, maybe wasn't sure of his position at the time. If you remember, he was kind of playing wing, a little mm-hmm. bit of center. He was in and out. The Boston Bruins traded him... And Rich Peverly and Ryan Button to the stars for Louis Erickson and three prospects, Joseph Morrow, Riley Smith, who's pretty good, and Matt Frazier. Riley Smith is also no longer with the team. I know, but he was there for a bit. Right. Now, the Boston Bruins went on a pretty good run. Mm -hmm. Now, was that all attributed to Tyler Sagan leaving? I mean, what if Tyler Sagan would have stayed? What kind of team would the Boston Bruins have been if he stayed? Absolutely. But the fact is they traded him, mm-hmm. and they were better off for it in the long run. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm getting at with Patrick Laine is if he's going to be a guy where the veterans of the team, like the Blake Wheelers mm-hmm. and the 
Josh Morrissey's and mm-hmm. Connor Hellebuck, if if he's a guy who's disrupting that locker room mm-hmm. and they can ship him out in order to make their entire team better, I'm talking about getting you would need to get a top six center, so a second line center. Mm-hmm. You would need to improve your defensemen in that trade. So you, mm-hmm. they lost five of their starting defensemen from last yeah, year. Yeah, that was yeah. Now they got a couple mm-hmm. back and they're getting some young guys coming up, but they're not they, they need some help on the blue line. Absolutely. So if you can get that, if you can get a tr- uh, trade that includes a second line center and a defenseman. Let's just look up what the Montreal Canadiens have in store. Who's <laughs> Max? Can you tell me who the rumors have been uh, circulating about from the Montreal Canadiens that might get traded in the near future? Well, I'm pretty sure Max Domi's on the block. Max Domi. What position does Max Domi play? Depending on who well, you that's ask. The, that's the thing. When, well, Depending on who you if ask. If you go to the Montreal Canadiens, I'm sorry, Katie Fleury is a Canadiens fan? Yeah, Katie Fleury, heads up. We're talking My about apologies, your team. Katie, but the Montreal Canadiens is where you go to, I guess, Careful for, what lack you say of, here. for lack of a better term, pass away <laughs> your ability to play center ice. Because oh, I they, they I thought, seemingly don't <laughs> Hold want on. to. That was a terrible choice of words. Well, the Montreal Canadiens and then you slow talked pass away. <laughs> Come on, it was Max. for dramatic effect. Okay, Clark. Okay, okay, okay. okay. But anyways, my point is it, when it comes to sentiment and I mean, again, we go back to Rich Sutter's comment. We have to, when we tie this up, this is a landscape and an economic, I guess, climate for the NHL that we've never seen before, internally more than externally. And like Rich said, we're looking at 28 to possibly 30 teams making moves. Unfortunately, and again, this is where it kind of, it hurts our debate a little bit, but no one's safe. Nope. You're right. No one outside of a no person unless they have a no no trade clause. Exactly. But you're right, 100%. And it's going to be a different league It is by whenever it starts. For the NHL, uh, of the four major sports leagues, they rely on gate and attendance more than any of them. And with without any certainty as to when fans are going to be able to return to the building and, and watch these guys, it's really tough to say where some of these teams are going to be at financially. Yeah. Can they even afford to pay these guys? Absolutely. And unless you are the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hey, good team. It's tough to see where, again, anyone's safe, which, I mean, if you're a hockey fan, you love movement and you love NHL 18 off seasons where mm. you're trading people left, right, and center for three first round picks or your and a name couple is, of prospects. Or your name is Jared Dumba. That did too. you see his trade offer today that he put I on Twitter? I did see that. And we'll I, talk about I, it Yeah, later. we'll talk about it. But <laughs> Jared, get your trade crazy conspiracies ready because we're going to fire him at you on Monday. Just Absolutely. get ready. Now, here's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. The... The Montreal Canadiens really lack scoring forwards. Mm-hmm. Patrick Liney is a fill in the blank scoring forward, and they have a guy named Max Domi who's in the trade rumors. Max Domi is a restricted free agent currently. Mm-hmm. Max Domi's father, Ty, mm-hmm. played in Winnipeg, <laughs> New York. Well, okay, and the Toronto Maple Leafs, <laughs> but Winnipeg. Ty Domi played there. We're gonna a lot get of people you on, We're gonna get you on a Toronto Maple Leafs counter. Uh, it, you know what? Yeah. Hey, if, we if should get a sponsor. Can... <sighs> Every time I say Toronto Maple Leafs, they have to give us money. I could rack up some bills. Or an interview, which we'd gladly take. Sure. Now, Max <laughs> Domi is an RFA. He's kind of been in a weird spot with the Montreal Canadiens. Now, th- I'm not the first one to say this trade rumor. I've heard it. Mm-hmm. But Max Domi is a centerman. Yes. He wants to be a centerman. Mm-hmm. And that's documented. Look it up. Google it. He wants to be a centerman. He's playing left wing with, uh, you know, depending on the night, he was playing with Kakanami a little bit. He played with Suzuki a Good little pronunciation. bit. pronunciation. That was excellent. I'm great at pronunciating Finnish names. 
You'll see. We couldn't get Kitivar. No, Kitivar, Kiviranta. Kiviranta, sorry. We'll talk about him another time too, probably given his trajectory. But Kotkaniemi, he played with him a little bit. He was up and down the lineup. He played with all these types of guys. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Druen. They have a bunch of guys who could play wing, could play center. Max Domi wants to be a centerman. He would be such a good fit behind Mark Scheifele. Yeah, as a number two. Such a good fit in Winnipeg. He just would be. And guess who else is an RFA on the Montreal Canadiens? Okay, you got me there. Victor Mete, oh. who is a 22-year-old, same age as Patrick Laine, your boy. Mm. He's a 22-year-old <laughs> left-shot defenseman. I'm a Nashville Predators fan. The Winnipeg Jets are not my boys. No, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> He's a 22-year-old left-shot defenseman who can play on the right side as well. He would be a great fit in Winnipeg's tops four. So you got two Winnipeg. negotiating rights going sure. the other way for Patrick Laine? So there's a little bit of... Now hold, you're not even letting me finish. <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens have four picks in the first two rounds of this year's draft. Uh, that's a lot of picks. Now they have their first round pick that was in the lottery. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I can't remember off the top of my head which pick that is. Uh, if anybody out there is a draft nut, can you tell me what pick the Montreal Canadiens have? It's in the top 15. Exactly. Thank you, Dad. Domi, talent and grit. He would be a perfect Winnipeg Jet. You can't tell me otherwise. Convince me otherwise. Would he not be the perfect Winnipeg Jet for what they are and what they are? Well, see, like the thing I got about Max Domi, though, is he's also been in two organizations in four years. Right. So what's to say that he also isn't a possible locker room issue, right? So mm, it's, it, yeah. there's, the, there's the fine lines when it comes down to, okay, is this guy going to be a chemistry factor? I, again, look at identity, though. I do agree with you on that. When it comes to Winnipeg, they respect their tough, gritty, with a little bit of skill guys. Yeah. Now... If if he fits there, I don't know. I again, I, I like where you're going with it. I think Montreal is going to have to give up a little bit more. Oh, there's for more. that type of deal. Did I say I was done? I don't think so. Maybe. Now here's the thing. We've now, gone two minutes without you saying Toronto Maple Leafs, though. So well, listen, wanna... I'm going to about to read this comment. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens are the sixth. They have the 16th pick in the first round. Which is tradable. Dylan, is that 16 or is that the amount of times Clark has said Toronto Maple Leafs? Oh, it might be that. It might be the amount of times I said that. But anyways, right after the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I have said the word. Now, listen. I met Steve Dangle, Toronto Maple Leafs guy. Not a big deal. At the draft in Vancouver last year with my buddy Jeremy Corrigan, who I hope is watching. I haven't seen him comment yet. Jeremy, shout out to you, though. Great guy, Jeremy Corrigan. Gotta say. Vancouver Canuck fan. Now, we met Steve Dangle, and it just happened to be right after the Montreal Canadiens picked Cole Caulfield. Ah, Now, Cole Caulfield is a, I don't know, Phil Kessel 2.0. Like, he's a scoring phenomenon. Except he's also 5'6", isn't he? Well, Phil Kessel's shorter. Not that short, but... Does he like hot dogs as much as Phil Alex Debrinket, maybe? Let's Let's go with an Alex Debrinket. I like that comparison. Okay, so consider him being Alex Debrinket, who's pretty good in Chicago. He's all right. He's all right. Now, what I'm getting at is they have Cole Caulfield. So Jeremy. Jeremy, he, he's got my alibi. He was there. <laughs> he was he can prove it. Now, I'm thinking, and I'm curious if this would ever work out, but if the, where am I going with this? If the Winnipeg Jets want to recoup that missing scoring forward that mm-hmm. they get from Patrick Laine, the Montreal Canadiens seem to me like they might be in a situation where they would se- spend a little bit too much mm-hmm. to get a guy like Patrick Laine right. because of all the reasons my good friend Max said mm-hmm. just moments ago. He's 22 years old. He sleeps and gets 30 goals. He Well, he sleeps because he gets 16 Well, not a lot. He, does, he did play a lot of Fortnite, alluding to your oh, yeah. former locker room I forgot issues, about that story. But uh, a lot of good stories in a young yeah. career for Patrick Laine. He but needs that, to get traded. <laughs> he needs to get dealt now. Yeah. But again, but, he's a winger. 
he does not fill the Montreal Canadiens appetite or need. It just that's exactly what they need. You're filling. They don't have of, anyone you, on the wing. You're who can creating score. a hole and filling another. It's nah. it's at the end of the day, and they do have money to spend. But like I said, Dave Thompson's worth thirty nine point two billion. If you want to find a way to keep your stud twenty two year old sniper, which are few and far between in the NHL, mm. it's it's hard to. Uh, to me, it's hard to argue how you get better by trading Patrick Laine at 22 years old. Does he turn do into the next better. team of Solani and score 50 a year? I mean, there's Does a chance he? of that. but There's a good chance of that. He's already done. Especially in Montreal years. where he'd be a perfect fit because they don't have anyone who can score in the power play. Yeah. And he's that guy. He becomes mm-hmm. that immediate guy. Winnipeg can, if they can get a guy, if they can make a trade. I do like Max Domi. If and they can get Max Domi, Victor Mete, mm-hmm. Cole Caulfield from Montreal, mm-hmm. and probably their first round pick, maybe a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Would you do that? Can everybody in the comments, if you're listening and you're paying attention, would you <laughs> trade Patrick Laine for Max Domi, Victor Mete, Cole Caulfield, and a first round, maybe a second round pick? But that would be that definition pick. of spending a little too much if you're Montreal. But you get the guy that you want. You need a scoring forward, and they just don't have that. And Max Domi's not that. I, I will admit, Max Domi's not a guy who's going to get 40 goals for you, right. but he's exactly what the Winnipeg Jets need in terms of a forward, in terms of a top six center. He wants to be a center. And then they get that defenseman, and then they get that prospect. So I, I And again, when you analyze their roster a little bit more, right, they do have a lot of top-heavy talent in Winnipeg. You've got Kyle Connor, you've got Blake Wheeler, you've got Mark Shifley, and Patrick Laine kind of fits into that four hole. So those guys are disposable. I do see what you're saying. Now, when it comes to, again... I just can't get over the fact of 22 years old and the guy, again, prorated this year, has never scored less than 30 goals in his career. To me, that's just, it's madness to walk away from. And now again, we always have to account for the COVID clause. Again, going back to the economics of it, like you said, some crazy stuff's going to happen. I yeah. think I think if people are understanding what this show is going to be about, it's deep dive. Yeah. And maybe- now, Jeremy, Jeremy on here <laughs> says, I think that's overpayment for a winger. Thank you, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also, in the same sentence, basically said Montreal needs a top line forward. End of story. So, Jeremy, if they need a top line forward, end of story, do you overpay a little bit? That's what I'm getting at. Like, maybe it's not Cole Caulfield. Maybe it's not the first round pick. But if you put the package together like that, where you give up the two roster players who are experienced and then you add a prospect. Montreal has tons of prospects. You could you could make it Ryan Paling. Who would fit the Jets decently? Uh, that big centerman. And again, you're giving up proven for prospect, though. You right? could, it's, it's you could, it's... Uh, you could get all sorts of like they have so many young guys in that in that organization, and I just I think it's a decent fit. Now, the other thing I was going to get at with that is um, Victor Mete again, 22 years old, with the Montreal Canadiens' current setup. They have. Seven defensemen under contract with mm-hmm. NHL experience. They just signed Alexander Romanov. Now, uh, this is a deep. This is a deep take. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good Alexander Romanov is going to be, but they signed him to come in and play. He's 20 years old. Yep. He's that top Russian defenseman everyone always talks about every year. Is he another Alexei Emelin? Is he another Nikita Zaitsev? Like he could be any range. <laughs> I know you want to say it, I, or do you? I don't know. <laughs> no. We're not going to go to Nikita. Not going to talk about Nikita. Okay, Ottawa Senator Nikita. (laughs) Current. They just traded Max and Jeremy Mm -hmm. a fifth round pick for Joel Edmondson and signed him. Mm -hmm. Joel Edmondson, noted left shot defenseman. Now they also have Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie. There's your top four right shot defenseman. They also signed. You mentioned them earlier. 
Ben Sherratt. Mm -hmm. Two more years, $3.5 million. They also have Brett Kulak, who's two more years, $1.9 million. Capable bottom pairing defenseman, yeah. That's your depth. That's your defensive depth. You mm -hmm. don't need Victor Mete. He becomes an expendable product. This is starting to remind me very much of how the Nashville Predators are built. And I caution on that side of things because they're not I, good. No, because I remember a trade that happened a few years ago involving Ryan Johansson and soon to be perennial Norris candidate, Seth Jones. Mm. There is a very, are you, are you saying Victor Mete is Seth Jones? Well, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying when it comes to making no, these deals, we don't know how they're going to pan out for two, three, four years. And, at the end of the day, when it comes to Patrick Line, to maybe wrap it up. Yeah, we got to get to the next topic. <laughs> we haven't I just realized how we long haven't we've even talked about Hank yet. We're, Man, about, we're, we're at Buck fun. 16. I hope you guys are enjoying it. So, this. Zach, to answer your question, this may turn into a two hour show. Yeah, it might. Now, to wrap it up, whether I think we, there's really, it's an agree to disagree situation because, again, it's, it's all going back to economics. Yeah. It's all going back to, and Steve Dangle who you name dropped earlier, My who boy. I would very much like to meet as well. I got his number. You got his number. Not a big deal. <laughs> Not a big deal. We're going to have to pay chicklets for royalties too. Yeah, soon. we so should we stop saying that. that. Sorry, sport. sorry, guys. Sorry, Biz. Sorry, Wit. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll switch it. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. That's, so, a, that's a big deal. That's a franchise-altering deal. And mm -hmm. both teams have to make sure it's the right deal for them. Yeah. You're Again, you're probably not going to recuperate every inch or every ounce there's of always a winner and a loser to every out of patrick line mm -hmm. but if you can fit your organization and make your organization better overall it's worth a look and again it's where you're at where you're at in your franchise cycle too would you consider the winnipeg jets to still have an open window yeah well yeah of course they yeah. need to just they need to boost their defense now, depending they on they have the vesna winner oh absolutely uh, they have know. some studs on forward they, at forward they have talk, josh morrissey talk about that vesna and how that uh, went down, next <laughs> next show next show but what i guess Chris, we're getting to the blue jays i'm we sorry we'll get to the blue i jays, didn't Chris. realize how much we talked about patrick line it's been good though i thought now let's you know what let's just hard cut it All let's right. talk quickly about henrik lundqvist this what was you, a big deal what do you have for henrik lundqvist 15 seasons on broadway yeah like that's a pretty big place to establish an nhl career and everything that he has done yeah 459 wins 469 wins yeah one of the two he's the rangers all-time leading win getter franchise shutout leader everything and All for an it. original six franchise that's quite the accomplishment with mike richter in your franchise with mike well. richter and noted goaltender gump worsley Woo tanner rings former nickname in novice hockey for the uh, regina hawks shout out tanner ring shout out tanner you ring. called him gump or gump worsley well my dad anointed him the nickname gumper gumper more so for four now that i Gump, know that I tanner now that i know that <laughs> now here's what we're gonna talk about with henrik lundqvist mm -hmm. 8.5 million dollars he had one year left on his deal the writing was kind of on the wall it was he wasn't getting as much playing time they have two studs coming up in shesterkin and georgiev it was time and it's it's time for the rangers to move on and not only that but they just traded out Mark Stahl's contract. Now, Max, what this is going to do, this buyout, and mm -hmm. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. I do. For the buyout? For the buyout. I okay. certainly do. Cap Please implications tell. for the Rangers are looking like $5.5 million this year is what the cap hit's going to be. So they're going to save $3 million right off the top, and then it drops into one point five. Okay. For the following season. That's actually pretty good. It's not so bad. So they gain $3 million, essentially, exactly. in cap space this mm -hmm. season, and then... Well, they lose a million and a half, but and they're about to welcome Alexis Lafreniere. They have the first overall. Okay, this is what I'm getting at. They have the first overall pick. They have Mark Stahl's contract coming off the books, which is a 
about six, five point seven. It was a big one, five point um, seven. I, I don't have the number. Right they have three million dollars now. They have eight and eight point seven million dollars at least in cap space opening up. Now, Max, who is a who is a player out there that the Rangers might be interested in? Either right shot defenseman out of St. Louis or. <laughs> <laughs> or a left winger out of Arizona. This is going to be like slow pitch last night. You're going to put it right on a tee. What is his name? With? What is his name? Schmetcher D'Angelo? <laughs> Let me just pull up. Future really Toronto quick. Maple Leaf Alex no. Schmetcher D'Angelo? I don't know about that. But <laughs> the New York Rangers have $23 million in cap space. They have Capo Caco. They have Mika Zibinijad. They have Artemi Panarin and Chris Kreider all locked up. Now, you could argue Capo Caco is going to be getting a pay raise soon. But they also have Jacob Truba and Brendan Smith and Adam Fox and Anthony D'Angelo. That's their D-line? Yeah. Their blue line? Alex Petrangelo to the Rangers. It wouldn't shock me in the slightest. They have the cap space. They have the place that he'd want to be. Like, who doesn't want to play hockey for the New York Rangers? I'm sorry. Like, we all have our favorite teams. Yeah. But would you not want to play on Broadway? Mm. Would you not want to have that spot? Like, Depends Madison on who you are. Some guys Garden. don't want that. Now, here's the other guy I'm going to get at really quick, and we got to get to the Blue Jays, Max, because mm-hmm. the people are asking the for The people it. are wanting the Blue Jays. We were hoping for that. We're going to say one more thing, and then we're going to talk quickly about where we think Lundqvist is going to end up, because mm-hmm. I think Jeremy's on to something. Yep. The other name I'm thinking of for, for, LA, or for LA, for New York, is Taylor Hall. Now, the only problem with that is that you could argue that they have Artemi Panarin, they have Chris Kreider already, mm-hmm. and Lafreniere is coming in. They don't need a left winger, and that's totally fair, but it doesn't have to be Taylor Hall. There's some other guys out there yeah. that they could overpay a little bit because they have so much cap space. They've they've only signed 13 guys. Mm-hmm. They need to sign at least seven, seven to eight, nine guys, Yep. and they only they have $23 million to do it. I'm The New York Rangers are a team to watch. That's all I'm going to say, Yep. and I'm very curious how they're going to spend that cap yep. and who they're going to go after. Now, Max, Henrik Lundqvist, where do you think he might end up? IKS Media sponsors this. IKS Media for all your broadcasting needs. Uh, Max, Henrik Lundqvist, where do you think he could end up? Give me a couple teams where you think he might end well, up. Well, I look at his if car- he plays. Okay, I look at his career earnings. The guy's made a hundred million dollars. Yeah, he doesn't hockey. need any money. In addition to his endorsements playing in New York, Man Rocket, the guy's got it all. Everything except a Stanley Cup, an Olympic gold medal. Where does he go? I, I really like Jeremy's take there the about, about the Canucks, especially if the Canucks unload Markstrom, which after Demko's performance in they the They shouldn't small re-sign sentence. Jacob Markstrom. And maybe that's yeah. a topic for Monday. The Vancouver Canucks should not re-sign Jacob Markstrom. And he's Anton Gudobin to me. You think so, hey? Yeah. He, but you know what I said earlier? That's a Monday topic. That's 917 a, is mm-hmm. average. Jacob Markstrom just had this amazing season, yes. Mm-hmm. But over his career, he's he's he had a one good year. Yes, you let him go. Thatcher Demko proved himself in the playoffs. My pick, mm-hmm. and I just really quick because we got to get to the Blue Jays. We got it. My pick. How good would Henrik Lundqvist look in a Pittsburgh Penguins uniform? Oh boy! Honestly, the Penguins are trading Matt Murray. He doesn't need money, and Sidney Crosby's there. Yep, we're looking at a spot where he could go, and. Split time with Tristan Jerry if he wants to, or take yeah. the ro- take the starting role for probably less than two million dollars. Like he he might sign a league minimum deal he to might. play in Pittsburgh. It's Pittsburgh, you know. Jim Rutherford is just sitting there like Mister Burns <laughs> right now. <laughs> that's, that's a post show meeting. He's right gonna there. get a ton of assets for Matt Murray, and then yeah. he's gonna go out and bring Henrik Lundqvist in to play with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. That's my bet. 
But again, so we, we talked about it earlier. He's 38 years old, Clark. Yeah, we it, had Eddie, what we is had Eddie Lack on the Rod Peterson show. <laughs> he said Henrik Lundqvist can play till he's 47, like Yarmer Yager. Okay. I'm not worried. Henrik Lund, have you seen <laughs> Henrik Lundqvist? He's a freaking model. I know. He, he is plays the, picture, the guitar. He's the picture of health. He's such a cool guy. He is guy. a fitness freak. He's, I'm not worried about him being 38. Pretty sure he owns like a fashion company in Sweden too. Yeah, he's some a, sort he's, of fashion. I'm going to say it. Fact check us on that. Henrik Lundqvist is a, he's a gorgeous man. I'm going to say it. I'm fine with it. He's a gorgeous. Ain't nothing man. wrong with saying that. Now we got to get truth. to. The, we got to do this. We got to switch over. <laughs> Anyways, Max, great career, Hank, Max, as yeah. a Ranger, and wherever he ends up, if he decides to continue to play hockey, I think it's going to be copper bust for him, and I hope he gets one. I he has a chance now, Paul. Paul's saying we need to go to a commercial break. I totally get it. Yeah, but we only have one more topic left, Paul. We went a little long on our other topic. We only have one left, so let's just get through it. Now we're going into Max. What we both were crying about earlier today, Do we have but to not really about crying about it because if you if you think about it. I didn't expect them to do much in this series. Anyways, the Toronto Blue Jays lose today. Just before we went to air, they lost. It was awful. They played bad. Their starter did bad. They didn't hit anything. They didn't hit anything they in the first game. They did all the game. wrong things, Clark. They didn't, they didn't play winning baseball. So, now, yeah, they played a game today. And... If, if anyone's really a keener out there and they read my article on why the Blue Jays are not a contender yet, but they're close. They are. Oh, you switched your hat. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's, it, the wound is still a little too fresh, Clark. We got to call a spade a spade. And yeah, they're, they're kids. They played admirably in a 60 game shortened COVID season. They did excellent. To me, a year or two, possibly three ahead of what my projection was. But we got to call a spade a spade. They did not play good baseball today. And it looked like the youth really showed itself. Yeah, they, they, they looked young and inexperienced. With and errors. you know what? The biggest thing, of course, is the horse that they bet on in game mm-hmm. two failed. Yeah. And it just didn't work. Uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of people out there were really criticizing uh, Charlie Montoyo for not riding Shoemaker a little bit longer in game one. The, that was the plan. The plan all along was for Shoemaker to go three innings and then Robbie Ray to go three innings. And it worked. Mm-hmm. People can't, you can't criticize that. The Blue Jays didn't score enough runs to win in game one. Mm-hmm. They had the pitching to make it happen. They only lost 3-1. Mm-hmm. They didn't lose because Matt Shoemaker didn't go more than three innings. Could he have gone a little bit longer? Sure. But that didn't lose them the game. Now, game two comes along because they made the bet in game one. They put, he in, they put Ryu in game two. And he, he just blew it. He didn't have a good day. I love that strategy until he pitched today. I thought it was great. Now, yeah, I was going to ask you quickly on that. What are your thoughts on the strategy of, of the committee in game one, your ace in game two, mm-hmm. and then who you brought in, Taiwan Walker, in game three? Do Absolutely. you think it's a good strategy, or should they have just thrown Ryu in game one? Well, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty when you, you look at the result, right? At the end of the day, it's a results-based business. Sports is. It always has been. It always will be. But when it comes down to the plan itself, it's and I was telling again, Tanner Ring, you're gonna owe us some sponsorship here soon. It's only the plan is only as good as the players execute it. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, on both sides of the ball, we didn't execute. No. And I say we because yeah, this is a biased program. We yeah. love the Blue Jays and we aren't afraid to say we'll it. We'll talk Blue Jays <laughs> lots. It's it's exactly it. And and like I said, I our good friend Brian Snow, I'm not sure if he's still watching, but the Blue Jays Biggest issue is pitching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their bats fell asleep in the playoffs. 
But that's youth. That's what happens. That's why they're not ready yet to be a contender. They're not ready to be the Yankees. They're not ready to be the Dodgers. They're, they've got pieces like those teams had in order to do it in a couple of years, but they're not there yet. They need to improve their pitching. And one of the options that somebody mentioned earlier is Nate Pearson. Now, Nate Pearson is this big, hotshot, 100-mile-an-hour fireballer. And they're Looked they've been great today. He was one of the lone bright spots. Exactly. And today. they've been pigeonholing him into this they have he has to be a starter. He has to be a starter. We want him to be Steven Strasburg. Steven Strasburg blew out his arm. Yeah. He got lucky that he was able to come back and be a starting pitcher the way he has been. They need to use Nate Pearson in the near future as a closer. Mm-hmm. And I've been saying this for a couple weeks now. But Nate Pearson needs to go in and be what David Price was when yeah. David Price came into the league. The Tampa Bay Rays used him. The Tampa Bay Rays used him as a closer in his first mm-hmm. couple of years, and he was unreal. Mm-hmm. And he got big game experience, big moment experience, and that led him into being. I don't know. I don't know if he was ever a Cy Young candidate. He was pretty close for a couple of years. Oh yeah, David Price has been a Cy he's, Young candidate. He never won though. I don't think he's ever won. No, it. I don't think so. But. It, it gave him that experience. Now, what Nate Pearson needs to do, I know everyone's going to be like, well, their biggest problem is starting pitching. Yes. But if you throw Nate Pearson out there and try to make him a starting pitcher right away, there's a decent to good chance he's going to blow out his arm. I love the comment that we had earlier with the Aaron Sanchez comparison. Yeah. Because that's honestly, you, you have to learn from your mistakes as a franchise. And even though Aaron Sanchez didn't turn out to be the prodigal son we all wanted him to be, again, literally, like when you're comparing the two flame-throwing right arms. Yeah. Maybe a little bit him. not quite. Maybe not. The makeup of... I really it's like this, the makeup It's a great Pearson. comparison, though. Yeah, I like the makeup of Pearson, and I agree with you. I think at the end of the day, he's such a young kid. Yeah. You have to protect that arm. You have to protect the investment, yeah. especially with where this rotation is going. Yeah, they could use him in the starting rotation, but as evidenced in this series, could have been the bullpen as well. Dylan Nikoforak with the comment, Price did win a sign. Thank you for the fact check, Now, Dylan. thank you, Dylan. So basically what I'm saying is if you put Nate Pearson as a closer for a little while, he's going to be a Cy Young winner, Mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. Thank you, Dylan, for confirming that for me. And Aaron Sanchez is a free agent currently. He's not that old. Do you think the Jays could bring him back? I don't know. that. It kind of ended a little messy. Yeah, it did. But it's like, a different regime now. Well, not quite. It's no, they different only, coach, they, though. Uh, uh, d- different different pitching coach, too. Did they not fire Pete no, Walker? P- 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 There's death, taxes, and Pete P- Walker, Walker returning to be the Blue Jays pitching coach are the only three guarantees but they in this did, life. They did recently, out of nowhere, let go of, oh, who was it? Pat Hankton, who was a pitching Pat coach? Hankin, yep. Uh, and two other guys. I'm blanking because I didn't think of this before It's been the show, a revolving door of coaches lately. So, um, but that's I what don't happens know. when you get a new manager. Maybe you bring a guy like Aaron Sanchez back mm-hmm. to be your third, fourth starter. I know he took, I think he took the year off. I don't know if he was pitching anywhere, to be honest, but yeah. maybe he's healthy and maybe he can come back. I don't Scott know. Boris still his agent because he's a noted I'm not, not sure. I don't want to negotiate with the Blue Jays type of agent. And when you break well, it down, there's, there's a lot of directions that the Jays can go this offseason. I think above all, there's hope. And I think the other thing that we really have to mention, I love that our fan base and us included, we almost forgot that it was an eight versus one matchup. Exactly. I don't know that if it's the Tampa Bay Rays and where they're located or yeah, what it is. They don't get any media coverage. But th- we just didn't give them the proper credit they deserve. No. They have a very good ball club and they execute. They play simple baseball. They get hits when they need to hit the ball. They pitch well when they need to pitch. And their defense was very, very good. 
and our youth showed. But with that being said, every at-bat was valuable experience. Right. Bo Bichette alluded to it in his post-game presser. They can compete with anyone, and there was a never-quit attitude with this team. When they lost 20-3 to to the Yankees just a couple of weeks ago, it's kind of crazy to think that. It felt yeah. like that was months ago. But they came back and walloped them. Yeah. Or sorry, maybe that was the series after. But either way, there was resiliency. I think they had a few of those. There was a few of those. This team was very up and down. But there was resiliency there. Yeah. Now, the future of the Jays is super bright. Like mm-hmm. we said, Nate Pearson's coming up. Mm-hmm. They have the four guys in the infield. Well, Gurriel's an outfielder now. But they have those four guys. They have pieces like Randall Gritchick. They have Teoscar Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Rowdy Tellez could be something. He's shown flashes of, mm-hmm. of greatness. But... I should, greatness is maybe a stretch, but he's shown flashes of being a quality yeah. player. Travis Shaw. They have pieces that can come in. Redemption stories like Travis Shaw and guys like that. Mm-hmm. Jonathan VR. <laughs> yeah, that's another. Uh, oh, so did you guys hear the story? Jonathan VR was scratched and he just left. He didn't even he show up. Left. I didn't hear that. Max told me before the show. Yeah, he just left. Jonathan VR, they left him off the lineup. Hit their big trade deadline acquisition yeah. that was, quite frankly, underwhelming. He just didn't, he left. He got in his car and drove away. I think he, well, he was like, hmm, I just got dealt from Miami. I'm in Tampa. I could just probably make the drive and start my offseason. Probably still has a house. I don't think he's going to be back in, yeah. in Toronto. So, yeah, we're not counting on Jonathan Villar to re-sign. <laughs> uh, but the future is super bright. They need to address their bullpen. Now, here's the thing with their bullpen. They got prospects that can come mm-hmm. up. Cl- they're close. Mm-hmm. Pitchers are weird. You know Anthony that you K, were a pitcher Simeon, and you're, Richardson. you're weird. Mm-hmm. I am now and a lefty VR should have left sooner. Chris <laughs> Clark nailed it. Yeah. Um, but they have some young guys. They have like the Sean Reed Foley's that everyone's been hearing about for years. They have best mustache in baseball. TJ Zoich since John could come in and be something. They have guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of, is it, is it time yet? And how far away is it? I think they're not this next season. They might start contending the season after next season. Depending on how all this COVID stuff. So you're thinking 2022, 2023? I don't know numbers. Now, Brandon, <laughs> it is late in the show. We are struggling on. Yeah, numbers. we've been like half an hour longer. Roddy than with a great to. comment. Brandon Rodmacher, if you could put that up, Kayla, for me, he would be better in the bullpen. Now, this is Nate Pearson. Sanchez can't. Or wait, is this is this Sanchez you're talking about, Brandon? Can you just confirm? Yeah, yeah he's talking about acquiring him. Okay, as a free so agent. you bring in Aaron Sanchez and you put him in the bullpen. He can be a solid setup man or mm-hmm. even a guy that they could extend in games. I never liked Sanchez as a starter. Now that's, I mean, I, I can't disagree. I actually, I remember saying, I, I thought the, in 2015 when they went to the playoffs that they should have converted him to a bullpen guy mm-hmm. and left him there. But they needed him as that fifth, fourth starter. And he did show flashes. That's the thing. He really He's did. He's a fireballer. And I think, I think late game guys are extremely undervalued and it bugs me because look at the Yankees. Why were the Yankees so good for 20 years? Mariano Rivera didn't allow somebody to beat them late in games. And they also had a 278 million. They didn't have anything <laughs> else other than Mariano Rivera. No, but you're right. Now, but I think like the closers, everyone always says, oh yeah, Austin Martin, thank you. But that's a, that's a fielder. So not a pitcher. But what I'm getting at is I think a lot of people undervalue closers because they don't play as many innings as starters. Mm-hmm. But you need guys late in games to close it out. And when you have a young team who you never know what's going to happen at yeah. the bat or on defense, mm-hmm. get somebody in there who can shut teams down. Look what Nate Pearson did today. Absolutely. But Five I th- strikeouts and in two we, innings. We would be remiss not to mention the injury trouble that the Jays rotation and their bullpen went through. 
what did Ken Giles throw this year? Three innings, four innings, uh, not very many. And that's the he's thing. He's twenty nine years old. He's twenty nine years old. He's he's got and now again he's going in for Tommy John. He's got a long recovery ahead of him. It's not like the Jays were. And again, you look at Shapiro and Atkins and the regime, and it's every, including myself, been quick to criticize some of the moves that they've made. But I really like that Ken Giles move. He's just got to stay healthy. Yeah. We've got the guy that can shut down ball games. He did it. He did it for us. Yeah. He he was a perfect example of a change of scenery making a big difference in his career. And when you come around on that, and again, just see if he can respond from Tommy John. But the yeah. fact is, you need somebody to fill that role next year. And to be honest, I like your idea. I, I think know. Pearson would be a great I think person it could to throw happen. there. I think it could happen. High leverage situations. Now, John O'Flynn is making a great point. We're at about 100 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. We, Thanks, John. We did plan. No, we didn't plan on this. We, we really honestly were thinking maybe 45 minutes. But <laughs> this is, this is kind of what we're thinking. We're going to have some great discussions, and we want you guys to get involved like you did tonight. So thank you for that. I think we're at a point where we can... Kind of wrap it up now, though, Max. We can put it to bed. I think now, uh, Jordan Spielberg is... Uh, Jordan, yeah, home. he's tired. Poor Kayla. Now, <laughs> yeah, Kayla had no idea what she was getting into. No. Um, the Connor Anderson comment. Can you put Connor Anderson comment up? That was a couple comments ago, not the lizard dude one. <laughs> the uh, the one above it. What is this? I think it was, what is this show? Yeah. It's a, it's a, Sorry. Oh, sh- Max, It's an. we forgot. This was an accounting show. Oh. This isn't a sport. We weren't. We were just talking about we NHL were supposed and the to Blue talk Jays. About debits and credits. Yeah. Shoot. Sorry, Connor. We're confusing uh, you. We kind of did a sports with salary cap, though. Well, we, 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 did. we we got there. What is this? Yeah. This, is, <laughs> Connor. This is this is an extension of the Rod Peterson show. As you know, Connor. I am producer Clark. We've been chatting for days, weeks. You might say this is Mad Max. He's a summer student. Uh, he's been here for weeks, you might say. Literally weeks, and, actually. And uh, we are expanding the Rod Peterson Show umbrella to include this. This is a weekly show, Monday nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually a great wrap-up. Yes. This is a weekly show, Monday nights. We will be back next Monday, October 5th at 7 o'clock at night. We have a special guest coming in. We'll be wrapping up what's big in the weekend, probably talking some NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big week in the NHL coming up next week. There might have been some trades the during our show. draft free agency. Like it's the draft be is coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday. Patrick Laine may not get traded. Patrick Laine will be a Montreal Canadian at that point. <laughs> and uh, if, it, if it happens the way I predicted today, just crown me now. Just, just best, crown me. Best sports analyst of all time. Do you really want to put a crown on that beautiful haircut? No. It's, okay. My wife would get mad at me. She, she likes it. No. Um, thank you, Connor. Cool beans. I agree. Now we're gonna we're gonna head it for tonight. Chris Harris, thanks for checking us out. John O'Flynn, thanks for checking us out. Chris Clark made up a good point. Sanchez did. He was a Cy Young nominee the one year as a starter. That's right. He had an incredible year. That was a freaking good it wasn't year. Wasn't like oh, it was. I got to check can, the numbers. We can talk about we that next show. Check. But you're right. Aaron Sanchez did have a pretty good year. He did that one year. Um, and anyways, for Jordan in the back, for Kayla, for me, for Mad Max, for everybody here, for IKS Media, Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions, Vigor, we got our sponsors on board. We have some opportunities available, but we're signing off for tonight, and uh, we will see you on Monday night. Thanks for stopping by, everyone. Appreciate yeah, the support. Thanks for, how are we going to sign off? You say, thanks for stopping by as Anchorman. Are we going to use that? Stay, stay, classy, stay classy, Facebook. Stay, stay classy, squad. Stay classy, squad. I we'll, love it. We'll come up with something. Maybe if you have some ideas, uh, you can send us some ideas on Twitter, uh, which is at TMRP Show, or on Instagram as well, or on our Facebook page. But hey, we got to sign off somehow, and we're just going to do it abruptly. We're done. Not awkwardly. We're done. Bye. Hit it, Jordan. See you Monday. Thank you. 